Okay, well, good morning, everyone. It's, uh, it's so good to be back. It's, uh, we've been here since Tuesday, uh, and it's really felt like home um, coming back here. Um, the warm weather, warm people um, like yourselves, uh, it's been really cool. Uh, we're going to be here um, for just over another week um, from today, and hopefully we'll get our place um, ready for sale um, soon. We've, we've also had all our, um, all our old stuff in our house, um, so that's been kind of strange and kind of weird, um, seeing our furniture and bits and pieces, um, and also, again, feeling um, so much like home. Uh, as Ken said, uh, currently we're down uh, deep in the South Island, uh, in South Canterbury, uh, ministering, helping a Filipino church plant. Um, there's about 25 people, uh, Filipinos, um, there at the moment, we're the only white people um, in the congregation, um, so that's kind of exciting, kind of crazy, um, and a real cool opportunity for us to uh, both learn the Filipino language, um, learn the culture, get to develop a deeper uh, connection and appreciation for the Filipino people, uh, as well as uh, practicing uh, ministry skills and that sort of thing as well. Uh, God has been so gracious uh, in the way he is called us in the way he's guided us and fueled us um, on this journey towards mission in the Philippines. Hopefully, the start of next year, um, we'll be able to hop on the plane and head right over to the Philippines. Um, the more we head through this year, the more likely it seems that that's actually going to be a reality. Um, so that's really cool. What we've been doing down there is uh, doing lots of preaching, uh, Bible studies, Christelle's helped out with uh, the kids' church, as well as um, some Filipino language learning. Uh, as I just begin this morning, there was something that I, I wanted to share that was on my heart. Uh, we don't really get up very often, and so I wanted to take this opportunity to share it. Um, we're not here very often, but uh, that doesn't mean that you guys aren't on our hearts. Uh, we, we long for you. Uh, as Paul describes to the Philippian church, that he longed for them with the affection of Christ, and we long for you as brothers and sisters in Christ as part of his family. And ultimately, we really long that you would be found pure and spotless in God's sight for the day of Christ's return. In that big party in heaven, uh, when we go, get, all get up there, we want to see you there. We want to see all of you there. It would be such a tragedy um, for anyone to miss that. And I particularly just wanted to, to speak to some people who uh, may be here or maybe not even here, uh, to, to the lost sheep, if there's anyone here like that today or anyone out there. Um, I just wanted to, you know, I just want to share my heart about that uh, because... Christ has, has died for us. He's gone to the ends of the earth that we could be found and that we could be saved. And so if there's anyone in a dangerous position, I just really want to encourage you and I pray God will give you the grace to make whatever changes are needed to be made to get on track, to be found in Christ. Um, it would be such a tragedy just to not bother to change our lifestyle now because we couldn't be bothered to do that. All eternity is so worth it. Uh, what Christ has done for us is just so worth it. 
So I just wanted to share my heart on that and uh, thank you for allowing me to do that as we begin. Uh, Well, today uh, we're going to be looking at the book of John, uh, John chapter 20, and uh, the inspiration uh, for this message sort of came as we're thinking about what's our purpose as missionaries? What's your purpose and what's our purpose as missionaries? And of course, uh, we know that as Christians, we know that uh, we have no purpose apart from God's purpose. We have no life apart from God. We have no meaning and no direction. And how much more true of it, true is it of us uh, as people in God's plan and mission, as, as missionaries, than of, uh, as, of us as, as people? We have no life apart from God's plan. And so the best place for us to find our plan, uh, God's purpose for us, is to go to, to the Bible and see what God says, what our maker says, what Christ, the, the leader of uh, Christianity, says about what our meaning and place and purpose is. So that's what we're doing today. We're going to be looking at the Gospel of John, and we're going to be seeing what the purpose is of that book, of the Gospel of John. Um, And we're going to be looking at both the mission statement and uh, the purpose statement of John. So if you have a Bible with you, uh, please open it up to John chapter 20. Uh, zoom down to verses 30 to 31. And um, the context here is that Jesus has just shown Thomas uh, proof of his resurrection with the nail holes in his hands and the cut in his side. And with that in mind, uh, the writer of the book of John says this, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life. Two verses, two key verses that tell us the purpose of all John has written and recorded in his gospel. Two verses that tell us, uh, firstly, that Jesus did many other things not even recorded in this book, but specifically these things, chosen, recorded, and ordered in a way that's most helpful for us so that we could believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing have life. So we see this all throughout um, the book of John from the very beginning, from the very, very uh, first way that Jesus is introduced to the first instance in chapter 2 where Jesus reveals his glory by turning water into wine. Then through all the great seven I am statements about who Jesus is, um, the building of his ministry, and then the great climax of his death, resurrection, and appearing. All these things chosen, recorded, and ordered so that we would know who this Jesus is and why we should believe in him. 
As we journey into this, I just want to uh, focus on that word believe, because believe is a really key word in this verse. But these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you might have life in his name. So the word believe plays a really key role there and all throughout the book of John and the New Testament. Just in the book of John, um, the word believe is used 104 times, would you believe it? We're not going through all of those now, fortunately. But what happens in Christ if you believe? What happens if you believe? Well, John 3.16 and 6.47, it says that we'll not die. We'll have eternal life now and forever. Chapter 7, verse 38, we'll have springs of living water quenching our souls. In 10.26, if you are a believer, you're identified as one of Jesus' people in contrast to the rest of the world that rejects him. Everything hinges on this word, believe. Are you believing in Christ this morning? Have you surrendered to him and put your trust in Jesus? What does it mean to believe in Jesus? Well, we look back to to chapter 1, verse 12, where it says, to all who did Receive him to those who believed in his name. He gave the right to become children of God. To believe in Jesus is to receive him. To receive Christ, the King, into our hearts and into our lives. To all who did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. And of course, what we're talking about here when we use the word believe is not just a disconnected belief like we have with Santa Claus or fairies. To believe in Jesus is to receive him as he truly is. To trust in Christ, to entrust ourselves to him and to live lives connected to that. To trust in Christ as we turn from sin and seek to follow his ways. So uh, you and I as missionaries, that's our first call. It's our first call to believe the gospel ourselves. If we don't do that, then we can't help other people. So if you've forgotten any, anything that I've just said so far, remember to believe the gospel, believe in Christ. That's what we've just covered the next phrase that I'd like you to remember is to live by the gospel. So we've got believe the gospel, live by the gospel. As we've seen, this is what the gospel of John is all about, that we might believe the gospel and live, that we might have life and life without end. The Filipino uh, version puts it like this. Uh, 
Muhaina Walang Hangang, which literally means life without end. I just love the way it puts us puts it there. Jesus, he calls us to life. Um, if we go back again to the start of John, we see uh, a reflection back to Genesis. Um, we're in the beginning. There's nothing but darkness, and God speaks. He speaks into the darkness and brings life, the whole universe, into being. Then you zoom forward to uh, John chapter 11, and you have Lazarus lying dead in the tomb. And Jesus speaks to him. He calls out, and he says, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus comes out to life. And that's God's call upon us. He's speaking to us and he's calling us from death to life, from spiritual darkness, from eternal perishing to life, and life in his body, the body of Christ. Now everyone knows that we need air, right? Everyone knows that we need water. As soon as we get short on oxygen, we start getting a little bit desperate for air. When we uh, get low on water, we start searching it out, trying to find where that water is. When supermarkets are locked down, um, there's a sudden rush for toilet paper. Because deep inside of us is this wiring for life. We know that we need to live. And yet in society, not many people think very seriously about this problem. It's a big problem. Norman Kirk, a previous Prime Minister of New Zealand, um, who was originally from Waimati, from near where we're living at the moment, said this, People don't want much, just someone to love, somewhere to live, somewhere to work and something to hope for. And that's all people generally get to in their thoughts. That's all they generally think about. And they miss the most important fact, that we need to live. Uh, just a sec, I'll just get something out of my bag. So I have a flower here. Now, can anyone tell me, uh, is this flower alive or dead? Is it alive or dead? Alive, dead? Oh, <laughs> mixed response. Okay, so it looks alive. It looks alive, but technically it's dead. Botanically it's dead. It's, uh, it can't thrive, it can't grow, it can't survive. It's technically uh, dead. Um, it's doomed to wilt and perish. It can't reproduce. It's technically dead. And this is like us, uh, outside of Christ. Uh, we've been cut off at the roots. We've been cut off from the tree of life. We've been separated from God. Without Christ, we're destined to wrinkle and perish 
lose all our beauty that makes us look alive for a while. And that's the, the tragic reality, the result of us turning away from God. But Jesus has been calling, he's been warning, he's been offering us life in his person through his teaching by his death and resurrection Christ offers us life he calls us to live by the gospel the good news of Jesus coming down to forgive us to reconnect us back up to our heavenly father that's real life in Christ we have real life, more than life at the farm or the office, more than anything we experience out out on the surf, more than any temporary happiness or pleasure. In Christ, we live the life that we were meant to live, a life lived in relationship with God, a life chasing and pursuing God's plan, turning from sin and growing in Christ as we read the word and uh, follow him by faith through Christ. This is what it means to truly live. This is what God's told us and what he's shown us in his son. So what's God's purpose for us that we've seen in the book of John? His purpose is that we might live. This is God's purpose in sending Jesus It was John's purpose in writing the Gospel of John. It's our our purpose to support mission workers in Cornerstone Bible Community Church in South Canterbury to help people there and beyond to believe in Christ and have life together in him. It's our goal and your goal to help each other and other people around you to believe in Jesus and all the things he's said and done, that you and they might have life and have it in its fullness, as God has revealed to us and said to us. Okay, so we've had uh, two points now. Can anyone remember what they are? First one, believe the gospel. Second one, live by the gospel. Um, Haven't gone into that in too much detail, uh, but anyway, we've got limited time. So third one, share the gospel. Believe the gospel, live by the gospel, and share the gospel. And I think if we can do those things, um, we'll make some good progress. Believe the gospel, live the gospel, Share the gospel. Because sometimes uh, I wake up and I feel like I just don't know how to follow Jesus. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do or how to share the news about him. But the good news is that it's not all about me. When I'm lost, and even when I'm not lost, we can go back to the gospel. The gospel brings us freedom, it gives us hope, it gives us purpose, it equips us, it motivates us, and it sends it out. So we need to go back to the gospel, we need to hear the gospel, receive it, 
so that we can believe it and that we can live it out and share it. You know, do we um, all of a sudden just leave the gospel back in the car park after we've got it? Oh, yep, park up there, all good, okay, off I go. No, we, we believe the gospel and then live by it and share it. And the gospel empowers us um, to do all these things that are part of God's plan. The gospel enables our belief in Christ. It empowers life in Christ and equips us to share it. As we do those things, it's just so beautiful. God's truth worked into our lives, spoken into us and spoken through us, out our very lips. The very message that God will use to rescue, redeem, and transform other people's lives. It's a beautiful thing. It's the most important thing. Okay, well now we're just going to quickly flip over to John 20 verse 21. And we're not going to be here too long, so don't worry. The context here is where Jesus is giving his final instructions He's passing on everything to his followers. So it's really important. It's not just like your boss uh, telling you which red button to push and which red button not to push. You know, that could cost your workplace a lot of money, time and effort, uh, problems. But this is so much more. This is the culmination of God's plan in Christ Jesus being passed on to his disciples. He says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. How big is that? It's massive. As Jesus was sent by the Father, he was sending us. God has a work that he has started that he's calling us to be part of. After becoming a Christian, do we just wait and sit for heaven? God has a big plan. We're to be like him in the world and to share the gospel as individuals and as a whole, as a community and as dispersed in our workplaces if you could just close your eyes for a second and hear these words again of Jesus. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Okay, and I just want to think especially now about the together part. Because Jesus wasn't just talking to one person. He was talking to his disciples as a group. And within that, uh, we each have a a role to play, within that each of us are needed. So what role are you playing at the moment? And what role could you be playing? You know, could you maybe even meet up with someone to read the Bible, to encourage them in Jesus' words? Could you invite someone else along to church? Could you share about Jesus with yourself maybe? Sorry, share about someone else to someone else, about Jesus, by yourself. 
God is sending us on a mission together. He's calling us to live the gospel and share the gospel together. So throughout the gospel of John, and particularly in the purpose statement and commission statement, we see that we are called for a purpose. We're called to live. We're called to life together. We're called to believe the gospel, to live by the gospel, according to all the ways that God has revealed to us in the Bible, and to share that wonderful truth with other people. Have you surrendered your life to Christ? Are you a believer today? Are you seeking to follow him as he has revealed to us in the person of Jesus Christ and through his message in the Bible? And are you seeking to share that message of life and salvation with other people? Because they need to hear it too. This is the way that God has chosen to act and to work And it's my prayer that that would be on our hearts, that we'd be willing vessels, that we would love and want to be used by Jesus and to follow him. I pray that God would bless us as we seek to follow his word. Thanks.